A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kesha and the Creepies is a production of iHeartRadio. How do we know that COVID-19 isn't an alien? You could be onto something. We should alert somebody. They're cute little guys. Look like little beach balls with, you know. (laughs) Little fuckers. Welcome, everybody, to the very first edition of Kesha and the Creepies. Ha 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 ha. We are welcomed today by iconic friend, magical legend, very creepy, Alice Cooper himself. Yay! Well, I'm not as creepy as COVID-19, but I'm creepy, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> but I'm happy that you are joining us today. Thank you for being on the very first of my podcast ever. I got to be the first guy on your show. You did. You are the first amazing, epic, rock star, legend, amazing human being on my show. So thank you for that. You know, we, we have the same kind of idea that horror and rock and comedy all belong in bed together. I agree. I'm with you. I love a good, like, because I have a song called Cannibal. I know you have lots of songs about, like, dead babies and can- you have a song about cannibalism and all that stuff. So I just yeah. think, like, horror, having fun. So, like, the comedy and then just the drama of it all. Yes. And, you know, the lighter side of cannibalism. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not a heavy song. It's a really very playful song, but it is about cannibalism. <laughs> you get it. Anyways, I wanted to like start off 
this very creepy conversation by asking you, do you believe in the supernatural, the paranormal, scary shit? I, I you know, I, I think it, it exists, but I think it exists on some different levels that we're, that everybody tries to put it into the, the little little pockets that we can all understand. I don't think we'll ever understand it, you know, because I think it goes into different dimensions and things like that. Me too. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts as much as I believe that demons like to pretend they're ghosts. Oh, okay. When you watch Ghost Hunters or any of these shows and they're down in a cellar somewhere and it's a little girl going, Daddy, hello, hi, Daddy. I don't think that's a ghost. I think that's a demon doing a really good impersonation of a little girl. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things where I think that what demons do best is imitate. And, you know, I, I talked to some of the guys that do these shows and I said, you know, be careful because I don't I think that you think you're talking to something innocent and I don't think you are talking to something innocent. You know, uh, and they said, well, why would they do that? And I said, to draw you in, to draw you closer to the occult, to draw you more into their world and out of your world. And I said, that's the only reason they would they would do that. Um, but be, be very careful and don't let them fool you. You know, I would never go down into a basement trying to find somebody that's dead down there. You know, <laughs> See, I would assume you would love just because of like your persona and you like to get pretend murdered all the time that you just have a fascination with death I think is safe to say right well well here's the deal um, uh, Joe Perry and I were uh, writing songs we had just gotten out of rehab <laughs> so we were a little shaky you know yeah and every single thing in this house was like I'd put my hat down go in the other room and my hat would be not there anymore and I just kind of chalked it up to, well, yeah, I just got out of rehab, you know, so I'm, I'm not all there. But this happened all day to everybody. And in the end, we're having dinner that night, and it sounds like somebody's moving furniture in the basement. And you don't think that's a ghost? Uh, well, here's the deal. I, it's not like the movies where you go, let's get a flashlight and go down and see what that is. Uh-uh. I got out of there. <laughs> I mean, I got out of there faster than anybody. Because if I don't know what it is moving furniture in the in the cellar, you know, I don't want to know what that is. It's a very strong creature, whatever it is. Yeah, well, I mean, it, whatever it is, it's not a, it's not a floating little ghost. It's something a lot heavier than that. A new season of Bridgerton is here, and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. I feel like different entities have different intentions. Like the one ghost, I've had a couple experiences, but I had one ghost that was in my house in Nashville and actually moved out of that house because things just started flying around and it got really scary. And I felt like I was almost being possessed. Wow. By like an entity. I I don't see why a ghost would do that. Why would a ghost do that? But well, ca- I can see demon. why a demon would do yeah. that. You know, see that to me is the difference right there uh, it, between something with an intentional evil or something that's just floating around, going, "Hey, I'm lost. I don't know where I am." You know. Well, so I had another experience with a ghost. I'll just call it that. But it was very much more innocent feeling. Like I feel like it was just a lost soul, and I felt yeah. almost like. They needed a body to inhabit and energy to suck off of, much like shitty people. Yeah. Well, it might have been Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) He was just a regular guy, you know, but I would imagine if there were ghosts, he would have shown up by now. Yeah, he may have. I've been to Graceland. The place is pretty creepy. I think if you could spend the night there. (laughs) I actually love Graceland. The creepiest thing about Graceland is the interior decorator. I'm obsessed with it. That's what I want my home to look like is Graceland. It's like slight derailing of the conversation, but I fucking love Graceland. I love how creepy it is. 
I yeah, love creepy shit. Yeah, it is shit. pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Elvis was great. You know, I mean, the whole thing about Elvis was he was so much bigger than life. You know what I mean? His image, his everything about him, when he walked into a room, it was, it wasn't, it was just like he filled the room. You know what I mean? He was he, Elvis. He's magical. Uh, yeah, he's a magical human. And then when you start talking to him, he becomes extremely human, extremely Memphis, you know. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, you're the cat with the snake, right? <laughs> all right, man, that's cool. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And you get, all of a sudden, you're the nicest guy that you ever met in your life. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in the kitchen with a gun pointed at him because he said, here, I'm going to show you how to take a gun out of somebody's hand. Because he was a karate guy, you know. Yeah. And he hands me a loaded thirty-eight, And so I had the gun there and he like knocked it out of my hand. And I was on the floor and his boot was in my throat. And I'm and I'm going, that's good. That's good, Elvis. Can I get up now? Great. That's guys. But I realized I realized one thing about him was that you or I never want to get as big as Elvis because he had no life. He had Why no just, life. I can't he, imagine he even no, you're. You're like one of the most famous human beings on the earth. I feel like every time someone meets you, they probably do the "I'm not worthy" thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you you get how much how much TikTok do you get? You know? Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time somebody is like, I'll be like, I have to brush my teeth, and I can never say that sentence ever again without someone being like, with a bottle of Jack. Yeah, but, that's right. They, they, you know, Jack Daniels should be using you for their commercial immediately. Oh, they you are. Know. They sent me like they sent me a lot of uh, alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is you never want to be that big because he literally had no social life at all because he couldn't go play pool. He couldn't go to the movies. He couldn't go shopping. He couldn't go out to dinner without eight guys with him. You know, because he was that big. Yeah. Like security guards, you mean? Or just yeah. like posse? He had, he had the Memphis Mafia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had like eight of his best friends and they they had a great time, but he literally could not just have any freedom. He had no freedom. I can imagine, especially like now that there's the internet and we do stuff like this, like virtual interviews and shit like that, it's really different than I would say even back like in the 70s where... You're just a creature of legend. You're just this like legend that people have to come see in the flesh to believe is real versus yeah, now it's you, super different. Yeah, I think we, we become a little bit more human now. You know, I've always said that I, I want the Alice image on stage to to remain mystical. I want that character to be a mystical character that's not human. He doesn't say thank you. He doesn't say, you know, he just is some other kind of entity up there on stage and then off stage to be exactly the opposite of him you know well, like who you like, are genuinely in your heart yeah you you, <laughs> you sign everything you take pictures with everybody you laugh you kid around go to the mall go to, you know just live a regular <laughs> life but when you become alice you get to become this arrogant villain you know you get to become this like bigger than life villain you get to let your evil out. I feel like that's where you can put all your just like being an asshole and being super evil can go all into the Alice. Yeah, it's great therapy. Great <laughs> therapy. But you know that you're here. You are Kesha, right? And then I know the Kesha on stage. That's oh, yeah. a different Kesha. That's that's more of an untouchable character. Well, I'm just like a full psycho. Yeah, but that's great. That you should be. It is like a great outlet, though. It's almost like. 
it's like scream therapy or something when you just get to let it all out. That's how yeah. I feel like when I go on stage, I just let it all out. That's it. And, and you feel great after a show, right? Uh, if it's a good show, yes. Yeah, it's always <laughs> a good show. <laughs> as long as I don't like piss or shit in my pants, it's usually a pretty good show. <laughs> Which that hasn't happened very much. Just letting everybody know, listening. It's only happened one time. Um, <laughs> your name, like your stage moniker, that was from a Ouija board. Is that a true story? That's not a true story. It's not a true story. Okay. It's, but it's a better story than the real story. Okay. Well, let's just keep it at the better story. Well, here's the deal. There was somebody, we, I, when I thought of the name Alice Cooper, the idea was it should be totally opposite of who the band is. Here's this band of villains. I mean, we were like, you know, we, we terrified everybody, right? And the name is Alice Cooper, sweet little old lady that lives down the street. <laughs> a little demon makes, in the basement. Yeah, she, well, she makes cookies for the kids and that, you know. And that, you know, that, that sort of oxymoron thing made it work. It was, people were expecting one thing and they got something else. And it was an obvious, you know, play on the public. But now when you think the name Alice Cooper, it's creepy. Yeah, it's not so a sweet creepy. little old lady. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I think it, it's very different because we've been snorkeling together. But before yeah. <laughs> I met you, it was like full creepy death, showmanship, <laughs> snakes, chicken, like all of the like craziest shit I could ever imagine. That's what I what I thought of when I thought of you. And it still is on stage. That's what it is. That's yeah. a great show. It's it's a vaude, It's sort of the dark vaudeville kind of show. You know? Well, that's why but, I would think you'd like be super obsessed with ghosty things because of like kind of the death. I see like evil nurses and the guillotine and stuff like that. So that really doesn't have anything to do with you wondering what's going to happen in the afterlife or anything like that. No, you know, being a Christian, I, I know what's going to happen in the afterlife. So I don't I don't deal with I don't worry about it. But at the same time, you know, I, I think know your enemy. You know, I watch the ghost shows and I watch all the paranormal shows, and but I watch it in a different, in a different way. I watch it and say, okay, how do how does this affect me? And I realize that you could be sucked into this real easy, you know. Yeah. So I I look at myself outside of it. I I I know it exists. But I don't have to be in it. I've, I've been asked to do these shows. And oh my I went, gosh! No, and you didn't? Oh, because you didn't like do it? No. You don't want to invite because, it into your. Absolutely. That's the same with the Ouija board too. You do yeah. not want to play with a Ouija board because you don't know what's coming through. Oh. I mean, you, you're opening gates there. You're opening the doors to something that could come through and, and attach to you, and stay with you for a long time. Which I think is what I did because I thought it was really fun, and then. I had a ghost living inside my body for like six months. Really? Wow. I really do think I did because things were moving around in my house. And then I just started hearing this almost like just dark. There was a darkness. And then I went and had a full, um, what do you call it? When you get a blessing. Yeah. 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 And covered my house in salt and everything stopped moving around. And I felt like a little more at peace. But so after going through that experience, I felt like sometimes you really need to see it or feel it to believe it. Yeah. So since then, I've been fascinated with like all things paranormal. I do think it also like you, it could be other dimensional energies or beings. 
Yes, which could explain UFOs, I think. Okay, you know. so I was going to ask you, because you live in Arizona, how do you feel about aliens? Well, you know, here, Sedona is one of the five places in the world that has the most sightings. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. We had the Ari- uh, the uh, Phoenix Lights uh, 1997. I think it was the Phoenix oh, Lights yeah. where this thing flew over Phoenix and it was the size of three football fields and didn't make a sound and everybody saw it. Everybody looked up and went, what the hell is that? Did you see it? And Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, this is it. We're being invaded. And it just flew over. And But it wasn't trying to hide. It went over the city and everybody saw it. That is so crazy that you saw that. That would blow my mind. <laughs> well, it, it was like you, you were just standing there. With, it was like a Spielberg movie, you know, where you're like this. That's kind of how I feel like with the coronavirus. I feel like it's like a movie and I'm not really sure what to do for the ending part is going to happen yet. But I experienced a spaceship in the desert in Joshua Tree and I had kind of the same thought where I was like, yeah, yep, that exists. So obviously, if they've been seeing these things since 1948, they're they're not here to kill us or hurt us or they would have done that already. You right. know, we must be amusing to them. I think so, too. I think we're like the zoo that they come and we look at all the stupid things we're doing. (laughs) No, really. I think we may be a comedy show for for the aliens. That would explain a lot. Well, so I have have another theory that maybe aliens are us in the future when we've learned how to time time travel backwards to Ah. come visit us. Well, that's a good movie and you should write that. Thank you. (laughs) That came out of my own brain. How about this, though? How do we know that COVID-19 isn't an alien? It could be just invading, like a very tiny, tiny alien. It's the first first wave of the invasion. You could be onto something. We should alert. (laughs) We should alert somebody. They're they're cute little guys. I mean, they're really cute little guys. Look like little beach balls with, you know. (laughs) Little fuckers. So, did you shoot your drummer in the knee? <laughs> in the ankle. In the ankle. On purpose? It, it might have had something to do with alcohol. Um, <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. You know, we were very young and we were out. We had my sister's car driving through the desert on a lot of alcohol. Everybody had a 22 and we were shooting rabbits, you know, at night. And okay. right as I right as I pulled the trigger, Neil Smith swung around. He was on the front of the hood, and bam, it hit him in the ankle. And we didn't know he was shot. So he gets up and starts running and falls down. And he says, "Oh, I sprained my ankle." And we looked no. at it. And it was a perfect hole right in his ankle. He didn't even know you shot him in the ankle. No, no. And, How drunk were you? Well, a little, and. And the very next day, we had to go down to the uh, draft board because we were all 18 years old. And, you know, you have to report a gunshot wound, right? Yeah. And so we went in and uh, the, uh, the, the guy says, the police guy says, so how did you get shot? And he says, oh, no. well, I got my draft notice today, so I tried to kill myself. <laughs> no. And the guy you- says, by shooting yourself in the ankle? <laughs> And the guy looks at me and he knows I shot him. You know, he knows that I shot him. And I'm kind of looking down and going, okay, you know. 
See, and that's that pretty ex- creepy. That's a creepy that, ass story. <laughs> yeah, but that could happen in Nashville easily. You know that. Oh, God, yeah. Just hillbillies, alcohol, and guns. That could happen anywhere. That's us. Yeah. So did he still did he still remain your friend and drummer? Oh, absolutely. We're still I just did a session with him yesterday. And he still has part of the bullet in his ankle. Oh my god, that is so crazy. See, I'm like, okay, when we're done, I'm gonna call my drummer and ask him if I shot him in the foot if he would still be my drummer until I'm 90 years old and I bet he'll say yes. Elias. What is going on? <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes. It's really important. I love it. If I were to get drunk and shoot you in the foot, would you still want to be my drummer till, till we're like 90 years old? Yes. Done. Told you. Perfect. Drummers. I mean, Foot? Yeah, fine. Head? Brain? R.I.P. (laughs) A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. When you can tell somebody, yeah, I uh, kind of got out of line and Alice shot me. <laughs> you know, it's that's, such a good story. That's a serious band right there. You know, <laughs> that's how you test if someone's really in it for the long haul. So you just shoot him right. in the foot. <laughs> 40 years later and he's still with me. That's great. <laughs> that's like what I think my drummer would be like, oh, I think, you know, Elias and Calico. For I know, sure yeah, knows yeah, him. sure. Yeah, and I just think he's too lazy probably to find another gig, but I could totally <laughs> shoot him. I think that's drummers. <laughs> okay. So, end of the 60s, going into the 70s, was it like in the atmosphere, like zeitgeisty, that it was just time to be creepy, or did you always know you wanted to freak people out, like around yeah, the Mancini we, times? It's, you know, it, the, it, it, hippies were just wonderful. For a long time until the Manson thing happened. Yeah. All of a sudden, then hippies became dangerous. Right. And, you know, and they now you didn't look at a hippie the same way because they could be vicious killers. We were already doing things that we were never hippies. You know, we were never, you know, peace, love. And we were always more switchblades, blondes and Ferraris. You know, okay, then, so you never went through that phase. I just wanted to know if you like ever had like a secret hippie phase. Never. Calico wow. was so depressed because she says, I was born in the wrong decade. I really wanted to be a hippie. Me too. I feel the exact <laughs> same way. Her and I are so similar. It's so funny. I really do think in another life we are totally sisters. <laughs> a lot of bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And I wish I'd lived through that. But also just the Manson that whole time, I just wish I'd lived through that just to feel what happened. Because you were living in L.A. during that time, right? We we actually were living in Topanga Canyon, and we used to see the girls, all those girls, oh at God. the general store. We'd go down to get our mail, and they were always dancing in the dirt and, you know, with the flowers. And they were just hippie girls. We just said, yeah. oh, hi, 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 hi. Next thing we said, I'm watching a TV, and there they are, you know. They're murderers. And I went, that can't be the same girls. And that was the same girls. I lived actually in Laurel Canyon right behind that store, the one store that's still there. Yeah, the, the country store, yeah. Yeah, so like it's called the Doors House, and then right next to it's the Eagles House. So, so the legend goes, the Eagles recorded in one, the Doors recorded in the other, and then up the street was like the Frank Zappa House. And the I, lived right, I lived right next door to Frank. No I, kidding. I lived, I lived right above him, and Mickey Dolan's lived next door to me from the Monkees. Oh, that so seems we, like it would be we so were, cool. Oh, yeah, it was a very cool time. Yeah, it really was. <sighs> but I just, like, I would totally be a hippie. But then I also have a fascination with, like, the occult and cults in general. And I could see myself, I don't know, being, like, lured in by this, like, hippies with knives thing. I don't think I could ever murder anybody, but I would like definitely be fascinated with it. Well, you know, most of these cults were absolutely harmless. 
they were just a bunch of kids that lived together and had free sex and everybody ate meals at the same time. And they were all on acid and they were, but none of them were really dangerous until you get somebody that takes on the Messiah complex. And he took on the Messiah complex and started controlling. And he was, you know, he was much older than these young girls are. And so he, he became the father figure. And so everything that he said when they were on drugs seemed like gospel. And that's why they, that's why they killed for him. Yeah. It's so crazy because sometimes I think about how religion and rock and roll sometimes can get almost like there's some similarities that people look up to you. Everything you do and say on stage becomes like almost this like word of God when you're like obsessed with someone as a kid. Yeah. Well, you know, when, if you, if you go and see, uh, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, uh, I got to play King Herod in that, in the, on the TV show. And the thing was, it was pretty right on when it came to who Jesus was. Jesus never hung out with the, with the priests. He never hung out with the kings. He hung out with, you know, the prostitutes. He hang out, hung out with the thieves because he said, a doctor doesn't need to go to somebody that's well. A doctor needs to go to somebody that's sick. Yeah. And so he spent all of his time with people that were destitute and poor and hungry and, you know, had nowhere to go. That was his, that's, he said, these are my people here. Well, I feel very much that way. Like I would feel way more comfortable, like down at the Venice boardwalk. I feel very comfortable when everybody is running around right now. They're running around with machetes. It's kind of crazy, but <laughs> I feel like very comfortable. I don't know why I feel comfortable in like chaos, but <laughs> anyways, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a creep, true and true. And I love you very much. And hopefully I'll see you very soon. Kesha, I can't, I'll see you again. And you look great, by the way. Thank you. Look really you. terrific. You like my dark hair? Yeah, it looks good. I'm going for the Alice Cooper look. And I like it. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.